The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. broken spirit, as mentioned in verse 17, is a mind that is broken or crushed under the weight of conscious guilt. The idea is that of a burden laid on the heart until it is crushed. The idea of crushed represents self-control and crude human tendencies. What is being crushed is pride and other human tendencies. A broken-hearted person is the opposite of the self-made, hard-hearted person. The fundamental difference between these two types of individuals is most evident in their reaction to being confronted with their own sins. David and Saul are obvious examples of opposite reactions to correction. David, the contrite person, repented and was humble. In contrast, Saul was bitter, resentful, and angry, becoming even more hard-hearted as time went on. In first Samuel chapter 18 verses 6 through 12. And it came to pass as they came when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistine that the women came out of all cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very wroth, and the saying displeased him. And he said, They have ascribed unto David's ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day forward. And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of the house. And David played with his hand, as at other times. And there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David escaped out of his presence twice. And Saul was afraid of David, because the Lord was with him and had departed from Saul. So here is King Saul, who because of his anger could not control himself. He allowed his hatred to drive his actions, even knowing that God was backing David. Saul still tried to kill him in raging fury. Earlier in his kingship, Saul disobeyed God during uh, regarding the Amalekites, which began a chain of events that would replace Saul with David. Long before the time of Saul, in the days of the wilderness wandering, Israel had been savagely attacked from the rear by the Amalekites a deed that God had promised to avenge some day. During Saul's reign, the time had come to follow God's command regarding, regarding the Amalekites. So Samuel commanded Saul to destroy the Amalekites totally, entirely, and completely. However, Saul was to spare the Kenites since they had shown kindness to Israel in the wilderness wandering. Saul proceeded to carry out God's command through Samuel. The problem was 
that Saul did not follow God's instruction exactly and entirely. When Saul saw the abundance and healthiness of the Amalekite sheep and cattle that God had told him to destroy, he justified his decision and disregarded God's instruction that he heard from Samuel. When Saul considered that his own prestige would be greatly enhanced by bringing back Agag, or Agog, king of, Am- of Am- Amalek, excuse me, Amalek, as prisoner, he could not resist returning them as public exhibits of his leadership. So there was pride involved. His response to what God told him through Samuel was rebelliousness. Part of Saul's problem was that he ignored what he heard God say through Samuel and refused to respond properly to God's word. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 10 through 15. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, I repent that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul, come to Carmel. And behold, he set him up a place, and has gone about and pressed and passed on and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed be you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of God. And Samuel said, What means then this bleeding of sheep in mine ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord your God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. He puts all the blame on the people that he was leading and claims that he listened to God. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 16 through 26. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell you what the Lord has said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When you were little in your own sight, were you not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed you king over Israel? And the Lord sent you on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord, but did leap upon the spoil and did evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agog, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things, which should have utterly been destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrificing as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, 
For I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord in your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now therefore I pray you, pardon my sin and return with me, that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. So we see there that one of the main things that Saul did not do is that he did not hear God when God spoke and he did not respond properly. Samuel responded to Saul's excuses with the statement of principle that is timeless in its application. To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. In addition to disobeying, Saul was guilty of rebellion, arrogance, and rejecting God's word. The result for Saul was God's rejection of him as king, symbolized by Saul's tearing of Samuel's robe, mentioned in verses 27 and 28. This repudiation of Saul and selection of David as a replacement did not mean that God had misled Samuel or even changed his mind. Rather, God had from the beginning chosen another one who would be a man, quote, after his own heart. Saul was still recognized by the people as their king for about 15 more years. But for all practical purpose, God proposed him right then. The humble and contrite are able to hear God and tremble at his word. There is no mocking from the humble and contrite. Who does God look for? In Isaiah chapter 66, verses 1 and 2, God is pictured as sitting on a throne with the earth as his footstool. Because of his magnificence and sovereignty, no one can build a house for him to dwell in. He is the creator. He values humble and contrite people above the rest of his creation. He values those who follow his voice above any object, above any object. In one other way or another, this has been Isaiah's message throughout this book. God wants his people to follow the truth as he has revealed it to them. Isaiah 66, verses 1 and 2. Thus says the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and my footstool is the earth. Where is the house that you build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things has mine hand made, and all those things have been, says the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of contrite spirit, and trembles at my word. The next few verses go on to talk about people who choose their own ways and through their abominable actions mock God. In verse 2, poor would be better rendered humble. This word is in the original is not associated with how much property he owns, but refers to one who is downtrodden, crushed, afflicted, or oppressed. Contrite spirit here carries the same meaning as in the other scriptures. It is a spirit that is broken, crushed, or deeply affected by sin. It contrasts the spirit that is proud, arrogant, conceited, and self-righteous. This is a hard-hearted spirit. On the other hand, the contrite and humble can be trusted not to distort the word of God to his own personal benefit. Paul clearly links humility and hearing God when he writes about his thorn in the flesh. 
2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted, exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory rather in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in privations, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Here, Paul gives us a major reason for why his fellow servants or fellow saints are not always healed of their infirmities. Our infirmities help make us contrite and humble by putting us in the right and humble frame of mind. Well, how is contrition produced? True contrition is reached in several of ways. It can be produced by an awareness of weakness, failure, or sin. David stands as an example of someone broken by sin, as does Nebuchadnezzar. David, because of the sin of adultery, and Nebuchadnezzar, because of pride and arrogance. David stands as an example. And we will continue this. On Monday, we will continue part three of, of uh, A Contrite Heart. Uh, this weekend, we'll just have our regular devotions, but on Monday, part three, the sangha continues, so to speak. A broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. <laughs>